Oh, wow. She's, it's out of tune, eh? What, the Keep guitar going, or you? You sound good. <laughs> that's very polite and democratic of you to go last. Mate, that, that's proper English and proper punctuation right there. It just gives me a chance to get my shit together, that's all. <laughs> Simo and Redmond are the thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Hey, welcome everyone to episode 26 of the Thong Slappers. This is Simo. I have Redmond on board and we have a special guest today being Paul Cronin, a.k.a. Gus from Street Machine. Redmond, are you there, mate, first and foremost? Hey, I'm, I'm here, Simo. Gus hasn't turned up yet. I don't know what the go is. Did you, what day did you tell me? Oh, mate, I, I thought it was just like Christmas Day. Doesn't everything happen oh. on Christmas Day? Do you want to just get into it and if he, fuck, I don't know, hold on, hold on. Oh, the dog's going off, hold on. Hey, there you go, mate. Sorry for, to hug you, I'm just not much of a, uh, a handshaker. What's, what's that smell, mate? Bloody hell. <laughs> Jack Russell's. Oh, always blame the Jack Christ. Russells. Yeah, I don't know about that. Mate, sounds like something you did in the earlier episode. I don't know. Oh, God. That was just... Yeah, don't control. sit on his knee. Yeah, I'll get you your own seat. Don't, don't sit on Simon's knee. Here's a seat. Don't sit on his knee. He'll just get shitty. The worst part is you never know if Gus is wearing underpants or not. Yeah, so I put, I put on a bit of weight, so I can't actually see whether I've got them on or not. Grab a stubby. Stubby, Thanks, or do you want mate. a cup of tea? Here we go. As your drinks. Um, a bit of interest from iTunes, believe it or not. It seems that uh, when we bring our guests on, we're meant to do an induction. We forgot all about it with broads, but we actually did do one with Benny, but we didn't broadcast it. So sorry, Gus. Sorry, Simon, but let's go with the induction. The emergency evacuation area is nowhere. Number two, the first aid kit is located fucking nowhere. If you get hurt, you probably had it fucking coming. Number three, if it's your first podcast, it's one carton per seat. So, Gus, that was a carton. It's not Each. live. Each. <laughs> well played. Yeah, it's not a library, so have a shout. Uh, these ones. When they get down to a third, go and grab another one. Don't wait for them to run dry. That's one of the, uh, uh, the rules here. Uh, that little fridge just behind Simon's seat. That's got chocolate, booze, food, anything. And whatever you want is yours. It's our podcastle. That's your podcastle. TV uh, snacks. Nice. Yeah, no, oh, fuck yeah. oh my god, don't go near him. Not while he's <laughs> just behind this, just that spacey there. See that little lounge? Just made, honestly, if you're, you're feeling like you've had enough at any time or Simon, oh, I've raved on too much, just go and have a snooze on the lounge. No problem. Little Benny fucking, that mess over there, that is fucking his. And lastly, can you quickly pick a number between one and five? Uh, five. Have a shout. <laughs> what? Now inducted into the Thumbs Up his podcast. Oh, sweet. Now, Gus, mate, we've been looking forward to having you on for this episode. You're actually going to join us for a couple of episodes. We've got a Bible studies happening this time around, and then following on from that, we're going to get into some 2003, which is actually the year you chose. Is there any particular reason why you went with 2003 when you had that decade of the O's to, to choose from, mate? Mate, I just flipped the coin. There's, there's nothing sort of stands out really in the early 2000s, so... I uh, yeah, just uh, ran with 2003 for some reason. I don't know why. We probably gave you the shit end of the stick as far as that goes, didn't we? Yeah, but you did a bit. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to talk about the 80s, you know, 70s, whatever. But 2003, yeah, that'll do. It's all right. 
Now, listen, just to bring people up to speed a bit about who you are and what you do, you kicked off your career in Matlock Police. You played the police motorcyclist Gary Hogan for a number of years. And then there was a spin-off show that was called Solo One. Now, that only ran for one season, I remember. So that plus five seasons of The Sullivans when you actually... Well, The Sullivans, yeah, there was, you know, The the Sullivans was where I made my money, really. So, um, yeah. I, I guess so. And the most impressive thing about it was you did all this before you turned 10. You know, it's amazing, <laughs> your career and the makeup and all the stuff they used to do to make you look I like. Know. And how did you learn how to ride a motorbike so young? Oh, you know, the training wheels. It's all smoke and mirrors, mate. Smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Look, you know, I'm just full of shit. You, of course, share a name with the other Paul Cronin. Notice he's the other Paul Cronin. You're the real Paul Cronin. But, mate, all seriousness... I actually first met you through the Chrysler scene in the old days of forums before Facebook annihilated all sorts of other forms of uh, yeah. contact and stuff on cars and the rest of it. Now, the Gus Bus series, those series of videos which you still have on YouTube now are hilarious. And I guess were probably your early dabble into the whole video car building scene, weren't they? And from there oh, you've yeah. gone on to do the Pork Hunt build of your VC Valiant Gas that we've spoken about in this show a couple of times before, and that's Pork Hunt than H. Um, More recently, you'll work with Street Machine in the Carnage TV show. And I must say, just quickly, you were, of course, were at Summonats recently and doing a lot of video video shoots from Summonats. And man, I really enjoyed. You've just got natural talent for that sort of stuff. I really enjoy watching your work. So uh, yeah, I hope there's more of that coming in the future too. I think what I bring to the table is just um, maybe just a total amateur you know, and I think people can relate to total amateurs. You know, when they're not there to see a newsreader, they're uh, they're they're car blokes and car guys and girls, and just the hairy bogan talking on the on the cameras, just like them going to the pub. You know, so I think that's the appeal of it. And uh, I'm definitely still not very comfortable in front of the camera after all this time, but um, I, uh, I try my best. And my cameraman Matt Reeky pumps me up and gets me all fired up to do it. So yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah. it's good. It's good fun. He is good value, though, too, isn't he? I can imagine working with him would be pretty good. Ricky and I couldn't, like, in some ways, couldn't be any more different than each other, but, uh, like, total opposites almost. But um, we get on really well, and we always share a room when we go away and stuff. It's just good fun. He's a good dude. No, that's awesome, and we look forward to seeing more of your work. A quick question, as far as actually your other little offshoot of things you do is All Things Bogan, which is a popular Facebook page. Have you got anything else, kind of any cross-pollination between All Things Bogan and Carnage, or has that just kind of happened naturally without even trying? Yeah, I, I think they sort of intersect somewhere, really. But, um, you know, I, I started All Things Bogan because I thought it would just be really easy to do content for something called All Things Bogan because being a Bogan, I'd just have to take a camera with me and film whatever I was doing uh, and it would appeal yeah. to the Bogan masses. So I think um, definitely a Bogan crossover with Carnage and Street Machine and some um, yeah. crosses over somewhere, but not, not intentionally or anything, but it just, you know, it's going to happen, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I- I think uh, electronically, Gus, you must be one of the guys that's right on the cusp. I mean, we talk about guys going from small block 350s, uh, I suppose you guys with the, the balance as well, the three weights with points, carburetors and stuff. You must see some uh, alignment there with going from video recording cameras and all that sort of stuff to being able to do so much with iPhones and apps. I mean, is there, to me, when I see you filming in I went back and watched some of that Gus Bus stuff on YouTube. I have no background or no knowledge of all how to do that video or filming or stuff. But I imagine when you were doing that stuff, like drawing a 15-foot cock on your wall with spray paint, and um, <laughs> when, 
might have seen you were on the piss New Year's Eve, whatever, and someone's doing a fake porno and shit. It was just so funny. But I imagine that stuff to put together, you would have had to take off the computer, off off the camera, on the computer. It must be the same now with with, with LS ones. Like guys can go and throw four hundred horsepower out of it easy, whereas not. You know what I mean? It's just technology's really come forward, and you must yeah. be on the cusp of seeing that technology pull forward. Yeah, oh yeah, like you know, I've got a fairly aging video camera now, but um, you know that thing brand new would have cost ten grand or something, and um, oh, it still still works just fine. But um, uh, you know, my phone. Has you know 4K and far better quality to it than this this uh, decent camera. But um, yeah, the phone phones are great now. You just you don't have to carry all this crap with you. You can just take your phone and take photos and do video and all sorts of stuff. So do you do a lot of electronic stuff for a lot of the social media stuff for Street Machine magazine? Don't you? Yeah, I do some Instagram stuff. Like you know, at Summonats, I was doing the Instagram stuff, and uh, I do social media posting for um, for Strength Machine and Unique Cars as well. Not all of it, but I do some posts every day. Oh, sorry, I thought you'd done a bit more of the. Uh, you get named in the credits there as uh, in the Strength Machine magazine as what's it say under your name? I've got it here. So social media watchdog, I think, is the latest one. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. To you the truth. Uh, <laughs> Mate, so basically, with all this street machine work you do, plus you've got all things bogan, and you've got three kids under the age of five, yeah. fuck, how do you do all this? I don't. Vodka? No. Pancakes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, survival mode, you know. Back when I had one kid, you'd have maybe one day a week that was just a survival day. You just had to get through it. Um, whereas yeah. now, every single fucking day is a survival day. Man, I just see some of the stuff you send me and some of the stuff you post. I'm thinking, no wonder he hides in the toilet with a cup of coffee. Just is yeah. unbelievable. I can't Those, even do they that. They just must they team up. When I'm not in the room, so it's just you know, if I leave them for five seconds, they're just into something. Today it was uh, peanut butter again. They uh, found that and started smearing that on the floor, and literally, <laughs> I, I've had them for three hours this morning before I dropped them off at Nan and Pop's house. And yeah. um, we've, they've been through the sugar, tipped all the sugar on the kitchen floor. They've um, peanut butter, what else? Oh, a roll of toilet paper in the toilet. Oh, like, nice. Not, not even unraveled, just shoved in there. That's just Probably. a Franz filter, mate. That's all they're doing. They're just using that as a Franz <laughs> filter for the toilet water. All right, yeah. Try and slide the poo down the hole. Yeah, sweet. Are you sure that it was peanut butter on the floor, or do you just not smell anymore? Do you just clean it and just don't go near it to see if it's that or not? Actually, it didn't even really taste like peanut butter. I wonder what it was. We try to diversify here at Thong Slappers. We've done a series of tests for you, uh, Gus, on some different toilets we found around the place. So we'll post one of them on our uh, Instagram when this, you know, coffee nice. on the toilet. So we've we done a series and we'll post one of them on our Instagram site when, it, when this gets released. Sweet. Sounds good to me. That's definitely the go. Listen, before we kick off onto Bible studies, now I know the only reason you're even here, Gus, is because you want to hear the theme tune live. Not sing it, but just hear it. But there was just a few little things of 1994 we had to just nip in the butt before we crack on with that. Now, I know, especially you, Redmond, this is the stupid thing. Back in episode 25, part one, at the end of it, we said, oh, we're going to talk about Tism next episode. We completely forgot. And that's probably the thing we'd spoken about the most in our phone calls and texting was, oh, let's talk about Tism. And 
and we just completely forgot to do it. Of course, Tism being the, one of the bands from around the 994 era. So, Adam, mate, you and I both kind of had heard the same things about that band as far as who they were and what they were up to, what they actually meant as a group. Did you just want to run off what urban legends you'd heard about Tism and see if it's the same as what I think? Ah, yeah, for sure. Tism are a bunch of successful accountants or something. And they had, yeah, I've uh, heard lawyers. One of the members yeah. was... He had something to do with the radio station as well. Uh, lawyers, yeah, lawyers, accountants are all in the same sinking fucking ship. It just the more interesting <laughs> thing, I thought, when you just, you said to, okay, let's let's have a yarn about TISM, I thought as an experiment, I would actually just say what I remember about, about TISM without going to Google. And you and I spoke about that before. I said, yeah, cool, let's, let's do it without Google. Let's do it as if we're actually just remembering. So here's what I remember about TISM without Google. Sure. Nothing. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> You could have Googled that. It would have been fine. <laughs> My brain doesn't work without Google. No, look, it was one of those things where Tism, their songs, can I call it satire? I don't really know so much what satire means. I know roughly it's supposed to be like taking the piss out of something, but yeah. I'm going to just use that. It's kind of like they sung joking songs. Like, I mean, Greg the Stop Sign would be my all-time favourite. They're songs that are taking the piss, but the beauty of their music, it's so fucking catchy. Like, I've had Greg the Stop Sign. It all started with Macker at work. He played it on YouTube just in the office one day, and I swear it's been earworming me for probably four and a half weeks now. And then when I was telling Lucy about it the other day, she, of course, started singing it just to really grind it into my brain. And it's just been there forever. Their songs just are so memorable. You'll never confuse them with anything else. and had a lot of staying power. Like, do you guys have any other favourites of theirs? Or, Gus, have you got anything about Tism you wanted to add? Mate, I cannot stand Tism, to tell you the truth. <laughs> okay. One of those bands, <laughs> back in the day, I would just change the channel. I and mean, there's not that many bands that I change the channel for. Like The other ones are like Fleetwood Mac and Alanis Morissette, you know, and they're, they're pretty much the only three things I change the channel for. Wow, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, I don't know if we can be friends anymore. Like, oh, yeah. sorry. Wow. You can go your own one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> See, it's fun to do that, isn't it, Adam? It's really fun to it do is that. One of, you just can't help yourself. One of the things about Tism, have they got a bit of a Kiwi accent or a South African accent, or are they trying to play to that? And, it, and what the fuck were they thinking, trying to be either Kiwi or South African? Like, fuck, you know, could be trying to be Nordic or Scandinavian or fucking Italian or something. Like, fuck. I think it was just what happened when you sing through a balaclava. It's probably got its <laughs> own sort of dubbing or its own sort of special sound that it adds to it. It's like it's a filter, isn't it, really? It's just a sound filter. Could be choice, bro. No, but they definitely went and made their own little thing. <laughs> Who knows? So is, what is the truth? Were they accountants or lawyers? Oh, fucked if I know. Like, I never Googled it. We said we wouldn't Google it, so I never did. <laughs> I think the, the truth has definitely come out screaming at us. Nobody gives a fuck about Tism. <laughs> Not even oh, Well, if that's the case, why can't I get their songs out of my head? They're just earworms. They just stay with you. I think it's probably why I didn't like them. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Well, that's got to be a sign that they're a great band, Gus. So, yeah, yeah maybe. maybe. You know what, though? I, I like the genre, though. Like, I, the novelty, satire, band, music. You know, like, today you've got Steel Panther, who, um, mm. you know, just take the piss out of 80s hair bands and stuff and do it very well. Wheeler Walker Jr., who's a country artist who's outsold Garth Brooks by three times in the last 12 months, you know, and uh, <laughs> yeah. sing, sing songs about fucking his cousin, you know, like, just, <laughs> like hilarious it's, stuff. I love the genre. I just didn't, I just didn't get, I just didn't like Tism for some reason. I, I don't know what it was. 
And of course, Tism stood for This Is Serious Mum. And it's funny, around that time, you also had, I guess, another, not so much as funny a band, but you had the Presidents of the United States, and they had that song Peaches and Little Dune Buggy. Like, they were kind of these yeah. really catchy songs that were based on pretty weird subject matters as far as the lyrics go. So yeah. you had that kind of strange mix as well. It's no shoop shoop diddy wop come a come a wang dang, but you know, <laughs> still <laughs> nothing is. <laughs> hey, um, another couple of great songs from then. Finally, they're one hit wonders. But there was more wine waiter please by that Australian band called The Poor. Oh, and no. <laughs> another great one was Womp There It Is by Tag Team. Oh. That- that's a great song. I can remember that uh, pumping at the Berkeley in Highley Street. Yeah, or maybe down at uh, what the Bay. What I was wondering about... What about uh, Lenny's? Oh, Lenny's. Yeah. Strangely enough, in 2003, I lived across the road from Lenny's. So, yeah. It might be the poor. It might be another Australian band with poor in their name. There's one or two of them that are a relation to the Young Brothers from ACDC. It's one of their cousins oh, or somebody. Right. See, I thought when... When I saw The Poor come up as 1994, I actually thought they toured with ACDC, so maybe you're right. Like, that was the first thing that came to my mind. I seem to remember them touring with ACDC or something like that, so I think you're probably on to a really good path with that. I think the connection's there. Well, see, the ACDC, they're such a big industry now, and they're, they're fucking excellent, but they're such a big... What they will do is replace everybody with more of their relatives. Obviously, they placed Malcolm with Stevie. Stevie's a great player. He's a relative as well. And right. I know Stevie's, Stevie's got a son called Angus who plays. So Malcolm, uh, Angus has got a nephew called Angus. Obviously, he doesn't fucking rip 29,000-minute solos on. But I reckon that when Angus steps out of it, they'll put another. It's, it's because ACDC are worth Mid, tens of millions of dollars. I reckon they'll just keep going for the next 150 years with 50 different members of the young family or of the young tribe. I reckon, you know how I like to use a bit of fiction? I reckon by the power vested in fiction, you know the story of Robert Johnson and the devil down at the crossroads? Yeah. I reckon that that same devil visited Malcolm and Angus Young back in the 70s and they said, if you kill Bon Scott, I'll make you the biggest <laughs> fucking rock and roll band in the world. <laughs> <laughs> But look, at the end of the day, too, you might be onto something. If they keep naming subsequent generations of kids like Angus and Malcolm and all the names they need to name, then the band lineup will always have the same names. Malcolm went into rehab in the late 90s, I think it was. It might have been the mid-90s. He didn't say anything. The band, the band, they don't say anything to the media. They say, fuck all. They don't do interviews. But uh, you know how Malcolm stands back a little bit on the stage and he just steps forward to sing his part of the harmonies and stuff. So he went off into rehab. They didn't say anything. And they replaced him with Stevie, who physically is only just a little bit bigger but looks kind of similar. And they just poorly lit that area of the stage and said, fuck all. And a few people called on and go, we don't think that's Malcolm. <laughs> and they're like, well, don't fucking come. We don't give a fuck. Here's the song. Here's bang. <laughs> they, that's true, man. They, that's ACDC. They are so – they've never done an acoustic album they've never done a fucking uh you know any of that rubbish any of that fucking jazz uh conceptual they're the hardest rock band in the fucking world yeah it's funny to talk about that this morning on the radio on the car i heard billy idol doing a live version of white wedding but acoustically and yeah, it actually sounded pretty good yeah oh, i've never heard anything of his acoustically ever but they were playing it this morning and it actually sounded i was pretty impressed to be honest i was thinking i might chase it some of that up but I know what you're saying. Very rarely do you hear or see interviews with anyone from ACDC, do you? They it's don't. only on the odd occasions, like once a decade. 
when Metallica came on stage at the big day out in Sydney, I think it was 2004, I might have been 2003, three, four or five, I can't remember, we went and seen them. And as they come on the stage, it was just a big storm blowing over. And it was, it's open air, obviously, and it, it was just coming on. It was dark. And they just had, um, it was Hell's Bells playing on their big sound system as they walked on. And so the song stops. James Hetfield goes, Australia, ACDC, the best fucking rock band in the world. And then they started their shit. So that's a pretty cool call out from James Hetfield. Definitely, yeah. No, that's very, very warranted, though, too, isn't it? Angus doesn't own a car. He can't drive a car. So that's pretty good on this car podcast. What? (laughs) Can't drive a car. Doesn't own one. Jesus Christ. I guess Brian Johnson makes up for it, though, because he's a a massive car guy. He's got a a show on Foxtel and stuff as well. It's it's pretty cool. Oh, no shit. I remember seeing him on maybe Top Gear. Was it yeah. Top Gear or something like that that had Brian? And I never knew. I never yes. knew he was such a car guy. So that's really cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's into everything, you know? He's very good. Yeah. He's very, very good driver as well, like competitive driver. Yeah. He's got, he's that, got a helmet on over his hat. <laughs> he's, got that left, <laughs> he's got that left foot throttle. What's that old car? It's like something like a Phantom or something like some $4 million. And it's got a left foot throttle. <laughs> and he's talking on Top Gear or something. And they go, oh, he goes, yeah, I'll drive it down. He goes, but when you get it wrong, you makes your ass pucker like a rabbit's nose. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a uh, couple of movies from 1994 that we didn't mention. Once Were Warriors, for, uh, set in Auckland, New Zealand. That was released in 1994. And Tamura Morrison, who played uh, Jake the Must, that was probably just the role of his career. Oh, man. It's one of those movies that it's such a full-on movie. Like, it's such a you know, edge-of-the-seat kind of nail-biting, almost a little bit dark as well, like a very powerful movie. That's probably the word I'm looking for. But it's kind of one of those movies, it has the odd little bit of humour thrown in as well. Like, it's it's something I could watch over and over. Is that sort of a movie, surely both of you guys have seen that over the years? Oh, many times. Yeah. I, I've, yeah, I've seen it, but I just can't watch it. It's too gut-wrenching, man. I, like, I can't. Yeah, it's just... It's pretty... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's a pretty powerful film, and it's not something I'll watch for... Um, entertainment or enjoyment sorry no definitely not but if any of the younger people who listen haven't actually seen it do yourselves a favor and check it out it's it's definitely a must see especially it'd have to be in you know in the top five list for me for movies from that era and also a surprise one well in hindsight it doesn't seem like a surprise but at the time i remember having absolutely no interest whatsoever in seeing this movie was forrest gump and the only reason I actually ended up seeing it is I went to the drive-ins at Capera in Brisbane one night when they were still there, and it was actually the second movie being played after the movie that I'd actually gone to see kind of on purpose. It was actually the second screening. And, man, it was I can't even remember what the first movie was now, but that movie was fantastic. It's a, it's a great film. It just covers so many, I guess, amazing, amazing points of our history. And the yep. soundtrack was unreal. One of the best soundtracks oh, ever. Without question. Amazing soundtrack, and just uh, I guess at the time too, the you know like the special effects where they were actually putting oh fuck, a sentimental blank. What's his name? He played for us, Gump. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah, the way that they sort of put Tom Hanks into all these different you know scenes from U.S. Oh. history or whatever. That, at the time, was amazing special effects. It was like, oh, my God. You know, you look at it now and you think, oh, that's pretty obvious. But for the time, that was really, like, right at the head of its game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, Forrest Gump is superb filmmaking. It's I like how it pushes you a little bit, kind of in the right direction, without pushing, doing all the work for you, like, 
like uh, with the Apple, you know, the Apple Corporation at the end. Now we don't have to worry about money, and that little letter's got an Apple. Um, <laughs> the the J- Jenny, when they're in the field, when she's a child, it's actually a Lou Reed lyric that she's saying, "Let me fly, fly, fly away." It's you know mm. from the Dirty Boulevard. So it's that song by Lou Reed has a bit of that grit about it, and they've actually just used that gently, and it's got a lot of things like that that push you. You know, that that's a problem with satire. It's actually got the satire of uh, it's got the yeah, Fortunate Son that scene. Uh, with a song from Creedence Clearwater where Forrest is running through the Vietnam jungle with a napalm chase. Yeah, where yeah. damn Vietnam, where it's it's chasing him. That's a bit of satire from Platoon, but that's the thing with satire. Dumb satire is terrible, but good satire is perfect. You know, like fucking idiots do that Pastafarian, whatever it is, fucking... They're like, oh, look how stupid religious people are. Let's be like him. <laughs> no, good satire. Yeah, yeah. And, and I like I like Forrest's... Uh, I agree with everything he says at that uh, the National Monument when he gives his speech on Vietnam. I mean, that is so perfect, his speech. <laughs> That's all i got to say about that. <laughs> and the, the the book, you have to read the book. The book is so different. It is... Does, in the book... Doesn't he end up um, going to the fucking moon or something in the book? Yeah, he's a WWF uh, wrestler in the book as well. I've only read it once. I need to read. He's six foot six. He's he's not a fast runner. They replaced that fast running ability with um, wrestling, and he's big. He's six foot six, muscle bound dude. Uh, what's what's your favourite scene in it, uh, Gus? I, I can't even. I don't really I can't remember much, but I, just the music. You know, I remember that that Vietnam scene with with that credence song, and I'd never heard that song until I saw the movie and I'll tell you what's in just about every playlist I've got now so I just yeah. love Fortunate Son it's just a great song and I it's think that's what I I remember the music more than more than anything from that movie you got any good stories I could tell them about how cool Nam is you know there's lots of things you expect in war carnage the sleepless nights but what they don't prepare you for is the incessant use of Fortunate Son <laughs> I'd hear that song any time I was in a helicopter. Or taking a swift boat deep into the jungle. That song again. My penis would even play Fortunate Son while I was visiting a whorehouse. Simon, I'm now besides seeing Jenny's tits. What's your favourite scene in it? Oh, yeah. You know, this is one of the things... I would actually probably... I can think of so many scenes in that movie, but to give it its best like thought and my best answer, I'd really like to answer that in a future episode so I can watch the movie again. Yeah. But one thing I will say, like, just I just want to say randomly, oh, it's the bit where, you know, Jenny's boyfriend who's been bashing her and he gives the guy a really dirty look behind her back. Like, that's really funny. You know, just those little things about his character. But I think I might just take a rain check on that, watch the movie again, and then I'll come back and give you a definitive number one. But one thing I will say is that, like, I know nothing about boats. I've never owned a boat, never really <laughs> aspired to own a boat. But I tell you what, if I ever own a boat, it's going to be called Jenny. I don't care. Jenny. I don't care if it's a little tinny or a friggin' yacht. It's got to be called Jenny, for you sure. You've got to spell it phonetically, though. <laughs> well, like he says, I like the scene where he, uh, he strips and rebuilds the gun. There's a bit of satire, not satire, but there's a few pointers there to Full Metal Jacket. He strips that gun and puts it back together, like beats the company record by 10 seconds, and the drill sergeant's like, Why did you pull that apart so fast? Because you told me to, drill sergeant. Goddamn, <laughs> yeah. Forrest Gump, you're going to be a general. <laughs> 
And that, that's, that's we spoke before. I can only watch Forrest Gump. I can only watch films that are good. I can't fucking watch horror films. And I was at work the other day, and there's a big theatre room there, and I had a, had a beer, so I wandered in, and they, I didn't even know what I was watching. I was kind of half watching this thing. Oh, my walks through a kitchen, grabs a knife, and just starts stabbing the fuck out. I'm just starting shaking, and so I've realised <laughs> I've walked into a horror film. I'm like a cat scratching the fucking door, trying to drop me beer. I've got my hat's falling off. Fucking sunny <laughs> I hate fucking horror movies, man. Everyone's looking at me like fucking... It's like it's the new Freddy movie or something. Uh, Michael Myers, whatever it is, with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in it. Oh, yeah. oh the, is it a Halloween return? Is it like yes, a something like that. New, he, new Halloween, he, perhaps? He smacks a chick over with a hammer in the head and then stabs her. I'm like, well, that's fucking entertainment. Right there. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Love it. Jamie Lee Curtis was pretty good in 1994, too. Yeah, was, I don't yeah, think that's ever changed. Fistful Wonder. Yeah. When, when was... Uh, remember, was it True Lies that she was in with Arnie? Yeah, Arnie. yeah Schwarzenegger. Yeah. She did that uh, strip scene. With him? Oh my god! <laughs> now I know it's probably not even her, but uh, you know, in my mind, it's it's her. It's all her. It's always her. And that's how it should all be. Is that when your mind's in, when your eyes are closed and you're off in a special place? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I talk about masturbation, Simon Major, you fucking edit it out. <laughs> not this time. <laughs> my favourite fucking hey. subject. Hey, second favourite subject for you, Redmond, favourite subject for me and favourite subject for Gus, is of course Bible studies. Are you guys ready to delve into the February 2019 issue of Street Machine magazine? I've been ready since it came out, man. Look, really, really looking forward to doing this with you, Gus. It's always good to have somebody involved with them, besides Simon, involved with the magazine. Really, really want (laughs) to say thanks for coming on. Uh, cover shot. Right, I'll, I'll go first, guys, if you're all with that. Uh, Fine by me. I think Street Machine, yeah, Street Machine Magazine have done a very common uh, Kingswood modification here. They've put a Stato front end on their magazine. And you guys would have seen plenty of statesman front ends on Kingswood in your time, I hope. Is that a pretty mo- a common modification? Front ends, yeah, the grills, all that kind of thing. Like that yeah. one grunt has got. What's that grill on grunter? It's got like the two or three piece statesman grill, hasn't it? Yeah, it's a statesman lower pan, which has that little extra grill bit mixed with a statesman top grill. Well, of course, it just depends, like, across the models. You have different styles of actually grill shapes. But, yeah, so statesman upper grill, statesman lower grill, and an additional upper grill shortened a smidge and fitted in the middle to fill up the gap. Cool. That's uh, the words on the magazine I really like. I've applied, I've applied my dyslexia and my filthy mind to the words. See the words in yellow written down there? Sorry, yellow, yellow background, yes. black word. I've actually, if you just put your finger over the word Landy, it says Dick Fettle Dodge. <laughs> the other thing, if you, if you move them words around a little bit, you can get how to tuck your dick. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just move the subtitles around a little bit. What does it go? With? I'm going to say them two things on the front cover are cum shots. Sarah so says 632 CI Big Lock. <laughs> Is it, I don't know, is it an adjective or verb? Is it a fuck stain or a cum shot? So I'm, I'm just trying to get my punctuation right here. I'm probably going to go with the cum shot because it says 632 big block. So, it's probably okay, deserving so, of that. Yeah, so that's... I, I like the... There's um, two exclamation marks and two cum shots. See the cum shot below between Bubba? It's like a Phillips head cum shot, which reminds me of something something else that's been in the news lately. A Phillips... If you... If you Move the comma and you make it a Phillips head cum shot. 
That could be what made the queen <laughs> queen's husband crash his Land Rover. <laughs> possibly, possibly. I had the right port yeah. for Philip. Head come shot. That's uh, all I've got for the for the cover. That's that's about me exhausted. But uh, Gus, Gus, would you like to give us your uh, opinion on this great cover? Uh, apart from the <laughs> mega tough statesman and the cum shots, um, Baba Medlin just roasting the tyres and skid rot summon at so just like that's what draws me to that cover. That uh, the statesman's great, but um, Baba just roasting the tyres and he's like two thousand four hundred horsepower fucking weapon. Um, yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Especially Definitely. such an such informal burnout there. Like, I mean, if you were to ever do that burnout once in your life, that'd be on the, the your shed wall. But just he's out there just roasting it, blazing it one hand. I think he can drive a bit, that lad. Yeah, he's Big a time. good, good steerer. Time. There's uh, some some good video of him in our uh, Carnage MX-5 with the twin-turbo oh, LX-1. Yes. He uh, had a steerer of that at uh, Power Cruise in Tasmania last year and just drifted the nuts off it. It's unbelievable. Dude can steer. He beat the fuck out of it. Yeah. yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Like, you look at that shot straight away, and I remember actually watching the video of that on the Street Machine's Facebook page, and inside the car, I think he mucks around, he does something where, uh, is he on the trans brake initially? Like, they're talking about the best way to do it, and he's got hands everywhere just to actually get the thing to then start frying the tyres to actually line lock it, I suppose. Yeah. And he just does a full torture job of that. And that's what made me laugh when I read the In Your Facebook uh, section of the latest issue, where some of the moronic comments about people saying, oh, he's got his horsepower, do you think he's going to be able to handle it? Obviously, these retards who write comments like that have never seen video of him driving. And oh. I think the fact that he's probably the best person for the job to drive a car like that. And you know what? You could, that car, with a couple of pushes of a few buttons, you could change the tune in that and you could put your mum in it and, and she could drive it to the shops, you know? like that's Yeah, exactly. The amazing thing with turbo cars and um, and all the computers that run them and stuff now, you can you can just punch in what you want. You know, it's just unreal. Exactly. And there's plenty of footage of that thing actually doing street duties as well, which is very cool. Sorry to digress you just slightly, Gus, here on your... I know it's your cover time. But I just want to read a comment from in your Facebook. Sean Hedges. G'day, Sean. This was your stupid comment. (laughs) He's got that much power, but I bet he can't handle it. And what you can, it'd be nice to see what you're doing with 2,400 horsepower. (laughs) I love I love yeah. clicking on people's profiles and seeing what cars they drive in comparison. You know? There's usually <laughs> yeah. like a photo of a Honda or something, you know, like just what are you talking about, mate? You know, like, jeez. Try and use a little bit of at least knowledge to back up your stupid statements. No, look, Bubba can steer and that car is um, just amazing and like runs on different fuel, you know, change the computer, change the tune. Lower the boost, do whatever you want. You could probably put 400 horsepower in that thing and get decent mileage. You know, it's just, you know, it's crazy. Just 400. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything else for the cover for you, Gus? No, but those cum shots are really standing out to me now. I didn't notice that. Uh, the good thing about Barber is some of the outtakes you sent me from Carnage of uh, yourself, Barber, and Scotty naked at that eel farm. Man, that shit was classic. <laughs> if ever you could get classification for Carnage <laughs> to release it, man, that is so <laughs> funny. I mean, honestly, man, fully, fully bent over at that size, man. That's, that's uh, You guys done really well, mate. I laugh so much. I wish we could post that. But, yeah, I promised you I wouldn't, mate. Not, mate. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> 
You see, Gus, now having just sat through a cover, like for real, you can understand after hearing what Redmond said about the cover, why he and I will never ever say the same or have the same opinions or points to make about the cover shot. You fully understand that now, don't you? Oh, totally. I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the, the silver QE statesman. You've got heavy metal as the uh, the banner there. The combo of the silver paint that to me is like steel. It's like a you know a steel color, I suppose. So you think of steel, you think of something really heavy. That plus the massive rims and rubber. To me, that photo is like a steamroller churning down the street, like destroying everything in its path. It's very yeah. tough that car, and but- I think that's pretty much sums up the cover for me. It just looks like it's steamrolling down the road, mowing down everything in its path. I think it would. Yeah. I think that is absolutely correct. It's it's steamroller with statesman front end. It it really does look <laughs> hey, like a steamroller too in real life. Like when I saw that thing roll through scrutineering, and I I had a bit of an interview with the guy. Um, yeah, don't even realise you stand next to it. You don't realise how fat those tyres are. They are fucking huge. It is a steamroller. <laughs> it's it's crazy seeing that thing from behind. It's just just absolutely amazing. It wouldn't even have like an axle housing, would it? Like it'd just be the diff center, <laughs> then your brakes, wouldn't it? Are there, are there even like diff tubes there, or is it just something like that? Just yeah. a housing with brakes, just uh, stumpy little tubes on it, and and brakes. Yeah. <laughs> Little the freaking axles would be about 10 centimetres long. <laughs> the axles would be about 10 centimetres long. It'd be all spline. <laughs> Total spline. <laughs> Could you imagine the flanges on the end of them stumpy little uh, tubes? Oh, it's flange. <laughs> <laughs> Right okay, Red, you got some other... Actually, Rig of the Month, mate. What is your yep. Rig of the Month? My, yeah, sorry, my Rig of the Month is on page 98. It's written by Taz McMillan and photos are by Nathan Barn. Uh, hey, Taz, did you keep Bash straight? Sorry, that's terrible. It's the HR Holden in there. Uh, it's owned oh, yeah. By, uh, who's it owned by? Sorry, I've written the gentleman's name down here. Yeah, that's owned by... Um, oh, I even know him. I just totally forgot his name. Yeah, let me, sorry let, about that. Let me have a look at his name. Joel Blake, of course. Sorry, Joel. Righto. Uh, page 98 is Joel... Fuck me. Who is it? Joel Blake. Fucking... Fucking... Righto, Joel Blake. I'll write his fucking name down. There you go, Joel. I've got your name in me. Fucking look like you're some sort of scrubber from fucking year 10. Righto, you ready? <laughs> Summit. Uh, my rig of the month is on page 98. It's Joel Blake's beautiful HR. It's written by Taz McMillan and the photos are by Nathan Duff. And both the guys killed it on that. It's a good article and great photos, guys. Well done. HR Holden's to me like a banana paddle pop of the street. The kind of car you half forget about in a sea of like Monaros, Tiranas, Falcons, Corvettes, all that kind of thing. But it's like when you have a banana paddle pop, it's actually every bit as good as a Cornetto. Just it's more obtainable sort of thing. So um, when, I, when I see a HR, it's like having a banana paddle pop. It makes me happy again. I jump on eBay and car sales and stuff and, and, and check them out. The photo on page 98, 99 of this car proves that you just about cannot take a bad photo of a HR. For me, it's not possible. It's such an awesome car. Check out the, the bits and pieces of the car too. It's, uh, it's got a half cage, weld wheels. It's got the dark block, you know, scat crank, power glide, and nine dinger. That, that from any time or place in the last 30 years of, of street cars, you know. Yeah, But the, uh, the reverse cowl and the bench seat kind of bring it to high smoke and back into the new millennium sort of thing. A couple little touch points there, but... You know, and I just I, I do giggle when the guy describes cruising. He, he wanted it as a bit of a cruise. The, the ride height does lend itself to being a bit of a cruiser, not scraping the pipes out and that sort of thing, and and uh, carrying on. But it, it's got the it's really understated. I, I think the cars have been understated in the white. Another thing that points to the cruising side of it, he, he said like he wants it as a bit of a cruiser, not a tech spec ten second thing. It's got a sound system in it. 
and the right height. So they combine the right height with the sound system. I think he's right. It does have that real good fun feel to it. What do you think of that car, Simon? Yeah, mate. No, look, Joel's built a heap of awesome cars over the years and everything from tough Monaros to really early stuff, like he loves, you know, like the 40s bombs, you know, like low riders before you get into the normal type of era of low rider. So he's got like... I don't know what you call them, like fleet masters, the chevs and all that sort of stuff too. So okay, he knows on. how to put together a good combination, like a good package for a car, most definitely, yeah. Sorry, Gus, what did you have for a regular month, please, Cobber? Mate, mine is page 92, Smooth Sailing, story by Boris and photos by Mitch Hemming, uh, 57 Chev in bare metal. And you know what? To me, I sort of had to do a bit of a double take and go, hang on, what is that? Is it a chev? Is it... The Buick, is it? It just looks different, you know? Just change the body lines around a bit, and bare metal's just amazing anyway. But it's like seeing your favourite chick in the nude, you know? Just, you know, looks good with the clothes on, but looks even better with them off, so. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's got a nice, clean profile. too. the car's profile itself, when you look at it on page 94, it's got a really nice profile, hasn't it? Yeah, it, and, and, you know, like the 57 Buick was quite similar to me, it looks a bit more like a 57 Buick. I, I don't know why, but, yeah, it just, it's, just, it's just cool, man. That's just, uh, you know, I love being able to see the work that's gone into it, and when you see bare metal, you, you see everything. So a sweet ride, that one. I actually do like that uh, little thing that a lot of people do when they, when they build a top-end car is release the car in about three or four different car shows in its stages, it does, like Chubby done it with his car at the Summer Nats this year, so you can actually see the engineering and you can see the car develop. That is something I do like. Yeah, definitely. It's very cool, especially if you've got a business and you're trying to uh, to show off your wares as well. It makes perfect sense too, but uh, it, it is amazing to see because, you know, once the car's built, you're not going to see any of that. So it's, it's good yeah, to, it's cool. to see it, you know. comment from uh, Owen with a judge saying there one day you really take lots of photos and present the photos with the car as well because if you do something tricky around the footwell or something tricky around any of the internal seams and stuff a lot of the people are not going to see it exactly yeah so, yeah, so that's why this helps with that as well have you got a uh, any comments on that car have you i know you've got a rig of the month hey let me see if i can pick what you're going to pick as rig of the month i'll turn to the contents page let me see <laughs> yeah, i reckon you will pick the lj sorry mate bit bow no pick. go i picked I'm going best of three. Fuck. No, Another just pick go. the fucking LJ and make me right. It's not about fucking what you like. It's about me being right. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> That's fine. No, You're sorry, mate. Obviously, was... LJ, mate. Do you want to tell us a bit about it? <laughs> <laughs> Funny, yeah. My LJ is actually an HQ statesman. It's, oh, yeah. Yep. Of course. Oh, cool. The cover car, Matt Magillo, 630 cube. Yes, 632 cubic inch. That's massive. Big block Chev powered HQ Statesman. Of course, there's a number of reasons why, and anyone who listens to the podcast will already be able to tick off a few of these before I even say them. Now, I love HQ Statesmans. It's got a big block, and I love big block Chevs. It's his first car, so kudos to him for living the dream. Ownership of a car for a long period of time is something that really impresses me with people and their projects. I love vinyl roofs, and the fact he's kept it on this thing is pretty awesome. It's built with his dad, Vince. So there again, that's another tick, doing it in the family. You know, the whole cars in the cradle almost concept. Hey, that'd be a good idea for competition, actually. (laughs) And I think the other thing with this car, the thing that really makes the story pop, as well as the fact that the car looks awesome and it's tough as a friggin' servo pie and all the rest of it, 
Dave Carey wrote this story, and I don't know, like, Dave is just not just an awesome writer. He's more like a storyteller. Like, I aspire to write as well as Dave, and his imagination is just something that I you know, can only dream of ever having. So I think I think the whole entire package is not just the car but also the story and the photos and everything else that went with it, that makes it the rig of the month for me. And on top of that, it actually becomes the poster child as well. Now listen, I am gonna go onto a bit of a slight tangent here and I will say that I did prefer it with the with the satin auto drags because as we all know I love satin auto drags. But I'm not trying to do this like a Jackson handshake where I'm shaking his hand and saying this is an amazing car but kneeing him in the nuts at the same time. It's not like that at all. I do like it with the world power cruise rims as well, but I just personally prefer auto drags on anything and I think just then, especially coming from Adelaide, I think leaving the auto drags on it just really sealed the deal. They just went so beautifully with the silver paint and the uh, black vinyl roof. But that's just me. So yeah. Big yeah, fan. Big definitely fan definitely tough with the, the auto drags on it. But these wheels I think have kind of just transformed it again, you know, into something yes. else. Yes. You know, a set of wheels mm. is an amazing thing that you just change a car's look completely. And um, I love the satin auto drags and being from Adelaide, you know, that's my wheel of choice. If I could have them on my minivan I would. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Adelaide hubcaps as they're called. We, yes. Yeah, but the, those wheels and that car just has a, a completely different presence about it with, with the new wheels on it. It's just, yeah, it's a great way to change a car up without changing too much, you know. I picked that same car as one of my tough shots, so I might just roll to hear the comments I've got on that statesman as my, one of my tough shots, Simon, if that's all right. Yeah, mate. Go yeah, page 28. Um, I, I don't know anything about photography. I know what I like, but that photo on page 2829 is epic for me i really like it the corrugated iron backdrop yeah. against the gray sky and the silver car it's mean street tough like if i could put air quotes whatever mean street tough have a look the way the shadow hits the iron in line you know if you look see the corrugated iron say directly above the reverse cowl see how it changes yeah. there's a shadow on it that's i don't know if that's deliberate or if that's me over interpreting it's really cool part of the photo i like the tilt on the front wheels in the shot them rear tyres are as fat as Farlap's cock. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he agreed, had a part, agreed. big cock as well. Yeah. yeah, that's what they don't tell you about. They didn't want to make fucking any of millennials cry. Be asking any baby boomer, and they go, oh, we used to say cock. Fucking all you young blokes <laughs> fucked it for us. <laughs> the, haven't they got Farlap's heart in the museum or something? I wonder where it's... Oh, it's his cock. cock. Something like that. It is his cop. <laughs> Nobody wants even... to go to see fucking um, Ron Jeremy's heart. True. No, that's, no, that's true. very true. You probably, look, probably new millennials and stuff, they probably aren't even allowed to say the word cock because no. of the whole gender neutral thing. You and Scotty and Bubba weren't pretending that them eels were your hearts. <laughs> right on the eels, mate. Come on. <laughs> Don't you have the RSPCA uh, knocking on his so, head? Sorry, Gus. Sorry, Gus. Yeah. Fuck, get out. Sorry, Bust is trying. He's a little rapist, that Jack Russell. Get out. Just push him away, Gus. Get out. He humps everyone's legs. Out. Sorry. Sorry, Gus. I'll put him out. Hold on. Just... Right, yeah, sorry. Back. Where were we? You'll have to edit that out. Well, of course, Chris Thorogood did the photos there, Tappy. Yeah. He does fantastic Tappy. work. And, Tappy's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Even with a fucked leg, he still does great <laughs> oh, work. Fuck. His leg's still not good. <laughs> you know? Some of that's he's still limping a bit on it. Just, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah oh, I would have hurt, that's for sure. Oh, for those yeah. who don't know what we're talking about, old Chris copped a fuel cap that had been spun out from the uh, back wheel of Pop 666 at Drag Challenge. Copped that in the in the shin, was it, or the foot? Yeah. Sh- sent him to hospital and everything. 
Yeah, I had to take him to the Mildura Base Hospital and sit there for a couple of hours while they poked and prodded him and uh, stitched him up and did x-rays and all of that. Uh, Did they fix his leg as well? Yeah, that too. Yeah, okay, cool. No, well, that's the main thing, as long as they got all that done too. It's just all the, so. the compo. He forgets which leg he's fucking hopping on. Sometimes I've seen in the video, sometimes it's left, sometimes it's right. Fucking compo king. Action Jackson. Page 128. It's a, uh, <laughs> have a look at that little photo. It's actually a technical article on breaking and bits and pieces, but there's a cool, right. as an Eskimo's cock, XB black ute there with gold roof, reverse cowl, and MFP badge on. And it's got the cool, coolest rake. Can you see it there? What page is that, sorry? 121. Oh, not, so not 128 like you said. There we go. Oh, I can see oh, it now. Yeah, yeah cool. I'm on the right page as well. The other thing is page 126. Noel Tucky, just a bit of a correction from last time. That's William Porker's uh, HR getting a shit pounded out of it on page 126. That's an old school photo too. It's very cool. It is. That, that's the proper thing. That's an old six-cylinder HR getting beat up on a road. Uh, Gus, you got any action jackson's that you like from this edition? My, my action jackson, if I can say that properly, um, is on, it's actually uh, in the Sunday Too Far Away section on page 150, a photo by Scotty McNichol, down the bottom left, old mate with the black face on. There's <laughs> <laughs> someone that's cruising track. Oh, man, that just, that sums up the weekend pretty much. Loose units and cool cars, you know. I've picked that photo as one of my tough photos too. It's funny. <laughs> I picked that as a special mention. So, yeah, all round, it's a great photo. Uh, plenty of loose unit. Oh, I bet. I bet you're in the thick of it too. You're probably head of that pack. Uh, for me, Action Jackson, on Telfo's editorial page, Joe Taylor's EH wagon, the blown thing doing a skid. Yeah, that's Now, cracker. the thing I love about that is the irony of the matured number plates, the plate saying matured. I just think, I don't know if I can call it an oxymoron. I probably can because of, oh, well, not really, but I'm going to in this instance. You've got the whole thing. He's just doing this huge skid and a blow in the H wagon with matured number plates. Very cool. If you flick to page 68, there's a king of wagon doing a huge burnout in Tough Street. Yes. Yep. yep. That's a great shot. Yeah. I love that. Is that. While you're heading that way, flick over to page 82. You've got Mark Schwartz and this handful HQ Monaro doing its thing. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, look, Mark had a bit of time out with that car. He's been busy with other things. He's actually building a stretched HQ limousine, which is going to be painted the same as handful, which I look forward to seeing finished as well. Yeah, super cool. I should try and dig up some photos somewhere. And while we're down there, go to page 90. Now... I didn't actually mean to pick these as all burnouts and with three of them being at Tough Street, but that Statesman convertible doing the burnout, the thing I love about that photo is doing it with a big umbrella up. <laughs> yeah. That's been tech spec, that umbrella. That is actually a, a burnout spec. Um, a big, big garden. That's straight out of the beer garden at the fucking Cobar Hotel, man. That's tough as fuck. Hey, it's funny. You're talking, Gus, about your action, Jackson, that fella at the, uh, with doing the, like, the number one hand with the black face. I actually chose that as shot of the magazine oh really just a special mention it's up yeah it's I'd, up I'd, there yeah yeah tough shots yes Redmond yep. got a tough shot mate my word I have I just got it's not a cum shot not to be not, not to be confused they're quite different in their structure we're not doing the cover anymore yeah page 152 Christy Murray's photo that yellow big bird dodge Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's got the chrome tunnel ram. It's got the front stock wheels, which suggests some kind of misadventure or adventure, may, as it may be along the way. The paint and panel has uh, tons of character. A few dints and scrapes and stuff look like it's it's right-hand drive as well, which feeds into my love of driving. 
but car kind of feels like blues brothers meets the thong slappers I, I really like my muscle car scrappy and tough you know like that that there is the model before catalytic converter so i'll run it on regular gas ah <laughs> uh, touche <laughs> okay that's a uh, tough shot my other tough shot is page 150 yeah they the same one as gus pick 60 for 65 mustang with the it's from scott mcnichol with a guy in front of it he looks like he's a native of the having a fucking ball tribe the hair, the, his hair is succulent, mate. I could have deep fried pork rice straight out of his hair. That is so succulent, that hair. And just have a look. The thing that just finishes it off, he's got a Ralph Lauren shirt on. <laughs> oh, it's got to be a rip off. He probably got it over in Bali or something. It wouldn't be a genuine. You never even know, know what that is. A, a Ralph Lauren shirt. Yeah, what is it? Got Ralph Lauren written on it. I'm trying to look at it. It's got a little, little polo player on it. See, I only oh. his left hip list. See, it's got a little polo player on it. Jesus. <laughs> see, that's why he didn't see it, Gus. You weren't looking at his nipple. That's no, why I didn't notice right. it either. I don't well, know you I, anymore. I, I don't even. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> like, like all my shirts, all my shirts have got Street Machine on them or Shannon's Insurance from when I used to work. Good <laughs> <laughs> oh, luck. Free shirt. <laughs> Page 74 is Bugzilla. It's a photo by one of the street machine staff. It doesn't give the credit to the exact photographer. That photo is as tough as a a dingo's heel. I want to indulge. I'm being indulgent just by reading aloud the captions quote. I like the captions quote. You ready? Bugzilla is Joe Goschalk's V8-powered VW Beetle with more than 700 horsepower on tap. It's an early 60s body dropped over a custom Gemini front end with a 9-inch between 15 by 4-inch rear wheels. So, you know, maths for the mental. I think that's pretty pretty crazy. It is big time crazy. Tough shots. Uh, page 55, Mario. Rest in peace. Mario oh, Curry. Yeah. Um, yes. His funeral and a bit of a write-up of uh, who he was and stuff. And on, on page 55, a couple of good boys uh, ripping skids for Mario after his funeral. Um and yeah, just some tough hot rods there. There's a a, uh, a yellow. Uh, I'm no good with with early stuff, but yellow Ford coupe there, just just smoking some massive rear tires with a, a parachute on the back up the top. Yeah, very cool. What what a way to go. Big time. Look, Mario. He is definitely a man who knew how to build a car. And I, I always was a fan of that 39 Plymouth. There's a photo of it in black, uh, page 51. Like, follow that car for decades, really, the build of it. I think for us, it was probably the closest thing we ever had on Australian shores to having, like, Willys Coupes. Yeah. Like the, you know, 39, 40, 41 Willys Coupes. The Plymouths were probably the only thing we had of those. I always sort of uh, gravitated towards that car in his collection. I was always a big fan of that thing. Yeah. No, tough as nails. All his cars are just so cool. Winfield, fade, paint, and, you know, just oh, unreal. Big time. Yeah, the chopped yep, for sure. Chopped EK panel van, I think it is. Just super cool cars and a, and a great guy by all reports. Um, yeah, very sad that he's gone. Tough shots for me. Page one hundred and seven. Riley stares seventy Pontiac. It's like a Firebird or a Trans Am or both. I can't really remember. It's the one with the wild exhaust system and the massive flares from Telf's report of SEMA. Yep. Oh yeah. But my new favourite car in the scene and tough shot for this issue. I think this will be my next favourite car probably for the next two decades, to be uh, brutally honest with you. Brett Hewardine's HT Monaro, fuck it, on the number plate, the black one. Now, look, I, I saw, I guess not sneak photos, but I saw photos on social media of this car probably a month out from Summonats, and as soon as I saw it, me loving Gas 69, I couldn't 
help but draw that comparison to gas 69 for me it's like a gas 69 mark ii all he needs is a bit of cyan blue and an hg grill on that thing and he's nailed it and look i'm in no way saying that to i guess be derogatory to the car or to try and take anything away from brett's project like that's fully a massive compliment so i hope if he's listening to this he takes it as that i just think that car is so friggin awesome i cannot wait for to see it have a full feature in the magazine which i'm i'm sure it's bound to have in the the next few months so yeah page 80 down the bottom oh, fuck <laughs> exactly with the world exactly. with the world's hugest blower <laughs> even yeah. gus could get sucked into that yeah yeah, yeah that that is uh that's got more sucked than paris hilton <laughs> apparently yeah so i just think that thing is just so tough it's my new favorite car probably forever from now on Chuckling jack russell's here okay um Page 153, another photo by Christy Murray again. Good on you for contributing to the magazine too. That's that's good you put two in there. If you have a look on page 153 at the top, there's that black blown VC. Oh, yeah. Sure, the Valiant. Yep. yep. It's as tough as a Tuesday morning hangover, but have a look at the red fella standing next. He's got red beard, red hair. I can see red hair on his fucking arms as well. He's got that <laughs> thick, majestic red beard. And if you have a look at the left-hand holding bub, he's got a bit of fucking range. I reckon that if he went off his nut, he'd be fairly fucking dangerous, man. I'd hate to crash into that thing while I was texting, driving my Hyundai and give it a bump. He looks fairly ready to get right off his fucking nut. <laughs> Probably. Hey, keep, keep him fucking honest, Ranger brother. Right on page 108. Can you see the caption number one? It's uh, Ferrari-powered Mustang at SEMA, the engine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something you guys will recall, Matt and Chris Korish, that made the V12 LS1, or maybe. Yeah, sure, that went to that Camaro. Yeah. Yeah, so it's something interesting in that article that Matt and Shane done with Street Machine. They're saying that all these great show cars, all these engineering marvels of show cars, use LS1s with a couple of Pro Chargers or a couple of Turbos or this, that, and the other. No, no one is really putting in a massive effort to engineer or make the engines different in the scene. So I think that is, that that car there at SEMA with the uh, Ferrari engine in it is definitely somebody going to a car show doing something way different to other people. So I really appreciate that Ferrari engine going into, uh, you know, something a bit different. So that's... Uh, I think, too... That's a very good point, and the fact that that Mustang, by the photo, doesn't look to be a fastback. It looks to be like the coupe. Yeah, yeah. so I, I just well, I like that look. idea as well, just thinking, you know, like doing different stuff with engines, not just the same highly detailed LS1 with twin pros or whatever, you know, the Siamese, Siamese uh, turbos and stuff. Anyway, Gus, have you got any special mentions? For uh, special mention, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, my first one's not even a car. It's, uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's not yourself, is it? It's myself, no. Uh, it is on page 72, and it is the mullet competition at Summonats, <laughs> and the winner of the mullet competition and $1,000 was an almost two-year-old named Motorpup. <laughs> That's cool. That guy's going places. His, yeah. name's, his name's Soren. He's a cool little kid, but he goes by Motorpup. That's his nickname. <laughs> Chain Soren. <laughs> cool. I just love how it's called the Blacktown Top Hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty cool in the caption for it. So good on him. Good on you, young fella. Mate, Hope you he... blow that money on something awesome. Yeah, he's uh, he's a good little kid. He's a good little kid. And I'll tell you what, it was the most fun. Right, that was the most fun thing I did at Summonets, I reckon, was uh, check out the mullet comp. It was 
unreal. Telfo actually entered me in it without me knowing. <laughs> oh, with the hashtag gains, of my, course. My Scarlet, you know. But you know what? Yeah. And he told me, and I, I'm like, there's no way, because I'm just looking at dudes walking around. And, you know, I've got a short back and sides compared to most of the blokes just going to some of that, you know. It's just majestic mullets everywhere. And then to see who the blokes that turned up, you know, for the mullet comp was just unbelievable. But, um, yeah, the little little motor pup took it out. His uh, little legend, Larry Enticer, has got quite the majestic <laughs> mullet as well. Definitely. I can't wait till your skullet grows long enough that you can tie it back in a ponytail. So that way, at the next Summonats, when they have the award for the best seedy porn producer, you're going to win, no question. Well, I actually want to grow it long enough so I can comb it over the top and I can have a mullet comb over. Just a totally... Oh, yeah, like a reverse cow. Yeah, like just to totally annoy yeah. the fuck out of my wife. Well, I mean, you made the cover of Muscle and Fitness with it. I mean, is, is, is Telf's in the right to enter in that. It is, it had, you know, you have done some good things with it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's coming along, but it's got a long way to go. Big time. You got any other special mentions, Gus? Special mentions. Here we go. It's a 572 Pro-Charged Hemi Challenger. On page 78, it was in the uh, the top 60 hall. It was unveiled. Oh, yes, on the yep. bottom of the page, yep. yep. Yep, that thing was just amazing. It is absolutely amazing, that car, and uh, can't wait to see it featured at some stage. And also, um, yeah. well, page 83, old mate Robert Cottrell in his XD punched the wall in the burnout comp. Ooh, yeah. He managed to find the only gap in the wall that the fire has come through and just molested the fuck out of the front of his car. Yeah, that's not the go. No, I hate seeing that stuff, especially too, like you see smoke on the other page. Oh. Any, sort of, any sort of carnage in the burnout comp, I feel sorry for the people. They must spend big bucks and so much time getting there that, yeah, it's it's a, it's a, a very bad side effect of that sort of competition, yeah. I think. It mm. uh, just goes to show how mental you have to be on the burnout pad to you know stand out. You can't just go out there and and rip a big skid anymore. You've got to throw the thing around and just go batch mm. crazy, you know? The days of the old Christo twin fist are over. Oh, yeah. Out of the sunroof, by the way, in the window. <laughs> I didn't think about it until you corrected yourself. You yeah, me either. Pervert. <laughs> it's as bad as it came out. You're a fucking pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Lynch, yeah, there was no little blue Corolla going fucking mad. I think... Uh, I can I can read, I can say it now. They asked me not to say anything before, but Lynchy's been contracted by NASA to send that thing up uh, to Hubble Space Shuttle. <laughs> they seen his last summer that's burnout. Said so you could probably drive that controller to fucking space the way you drive it. Anything else on the special mention scene, Gus? No, I think that's it, mate. I'll just smash out a few. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Page thirty-six, Clifford Hodes, fine and dandy sixty-five coronet. I actually had the pleasure of doing the feature on his tea bucket a number of years ago called Split Decision. It is one of the most amazing cars I've ever seen. And the reason I mentioned that car in relation to this Coronet is that Cliff is the master of detailing stuff, like oh, especially period correct stuff. And one of the things I love about that car is the uh, amber fog lamps he's got in the front. Yes, if like you notice yours. the front shot, he's got, mate, that's exactly right. That's when I actually did the feature on the T-Buck. He showed me that Coronet. And it's such a tough, badass car. 
and I saw those lights and that's what inspired me to fit them to Mr. Juicy. My orange Valiant panel van was those. Very nice. cool. Top bloke. Build some great cars and just like I said, the master of details. I love his work and I hope he continues to build cars in the future. Uh, secondly, page 45. If you have a look at the boot of Adam Corrie's ZC Fairlane, the gold thing, yeah. the gold car. Yeah. That boot, the detailing, the whole boot, it's just understated perfection. I don't know how else to describe it, something about good. it. I just think that boot is perfect, perfect. The car's great too, but the boot is just a standout. Page 71, good to see Peter Clayton bring that chopped Mori back uh, to Summonats, the white Morris miner we spoke about a yep. couple of episodes ago that was yep. built by uh, Paul Kelly. Then, of course, by uh, Brett someone or other, whose name I forgot, and then later Lisa Stevenson. It's great to see that back at Summonats. That car is just a timeless build. If you you know like things like that, even if you don't, it's still a great car. Um, page 75, Sam, I'm going to say Gauchi, G-A-U-C-I. I hope that's right, Sam. Apologies if it's not. Now, Sam, of course, built that silver XY ute we've had on our Instagram page a couple of times. It uh, featured a Tunnel Ram 429, I think it was, from Bad Memory, with Predator Carbies and massive tubs. It's still He still owns the car. It's been featured in Street Machine and also Performance Street Car. But he actually came to Summonats with the ex-George Anthony slash Mark Crane Yellow XB. It used yes. to be yellow with graphics, and he's now rebuilt it into red great to see that car back and surviving that was always a favorite and just one of those 80s icons that just stitches our scene together Crime and really lastly does. was yes lastly was page 78 it's great to see ditch jones's old hr ute back it's uh, owned by craig mckenzie now uh long been a fan of that ute that fucks the purists in many ways i just think it's a fantastic thing so great to see that still surviving and in great condition good choice it's actually the yeah. hr again look it's a banana paddle pop yeah, the whole thing you said before about Banana Paddle Pop on the street. I kept thinking Banana Paddle Pop and streets, but I now know what you're saying. It just, it just brain-fucked me for a while there. Hey, uh, do you have a reader's rocket there, Red? I do. My reader rocket, obviously, is on uh, page 14.2. That's 14.2 or page 142. Like what I did there? Did you get it? You know, 4.2? Uh, nice. Yes. Yes. Uh, Ron and Tanya's HQ Coupe. Uh, it's in Barbados green, which any Holden in Barbados green is a fucking walk-up start. For me, it's got the 350 in brackets, 383 T409 dinger. That's enough right there to get it over the line. That's had my attention. But the deal sealed with the Muriels. It's got, uh, under the bonnet, it's got Bon Scott, Doc Nelson, Billy Thorpe, and Christy Amphlett. In the boot, it's got Mal Young, Pete Wells, and Steve Presswich. Yeah, that, that car is so fucking cool with the, the murals. The murals are underdone, well underdone in my opinion. My opinion counts for dick, but, I mean, yeah, murals are great. Hey, you don't have to convince me of that, that's for sure. What about you, my friend Gus? If you could pick a reader's you can pick a reader's ride, sir, what would it be? Well, it was it's the same car. It's the same car, but um, you know what? I'm a sucker for that colour, and also I'm a massive sucker for houndstooth uh, trim. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Just so neat and tidy and just, yeah, I, I, I love it. I've got half a chub right now. Send us a photo of that if you don't mind. No, I can't see it, but I can, I can oh. feel it. <laughs> 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 oh, you can feel the wrinkles unfolding. Mate, <laughs> I would go the HQ Monaro, but I'm sort of, so I'm joining you two on that front. I do love Barbados Green. However, if you flick over the page 145, Mark Simonites, I think I've pronounced that wrong, HQ Monaro, the gold one with the auto drags, stroke a Holden donk and reverse cowl scoop. Yeah, cool. Just looks tough as. Tough. Tough as. And a quick special mention 
Tim Skillicorn's LS-powered Corolla. Yeah, that's cool. Drives that car, the sleeper. <laughs> that is pretty cool. But it's got a bit of... Uh, it's so, crazy. Your HQ, the, the coupe that you picked, has got a bit of stance too now that I look at it in that photo. I know you're a fan of the wedge. Yeah. It's got oh, a big looks awesome. Not huge, but uh, yeah. Oh, I just think it looks tough. Mm. Very cool. Lots of cars to choose from in this issue. But the poster child, of course, comes down to a choice of two. So, Gus, what was your poster child choice for this month? Mate, it's it's almost a flip of a coin. But, um, I mean, that Cortina with the orange stripe just is awesome. But I'd still I'd put the Statesman up because, you know, Chris Thorogood's uh, talent is, is amazing and that poster is just amazing. Tough car, tough, tough car. Big time. How about you, Red? And don't say you chose a silver one. Uh, the only reason I chose the fucking statesman is out of sympathy for fucking Tappy. If he's going to stop fucking limping eventually and milking this thing for all it's fucking worth, you can get the fuck back to work and stop the fucking limping if I put the statesman up there. Are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. I chose the Statesman too, as I mentioned earlier. But Redman, I believe you want to finish us off with something about this magazine. I'm kind of a little scared to hear this. No, so brace yourself, Gus. No, just a, a few things that I've noticed in the magazine. You brought it to my attention a while ago and you mentioned some of the art in the magazine when you mentioned that one of the, the newer articles had some art similar to one of the 90, 90s magazines. you remember that? Oh, yeah. That, that was that uh, Blue Tirana SLR. Yeah. Awesome car featured a few issues ago. That's right. So I had a bit of a look at the, the layout of the magazine and just the shapes, you know, the shapes of the article, not even the article. I noticed page, uh, well, not page 29, but, you know, the, the actual statesman. It's got the laurels in it. You see the articles features a couple of the laurels, like, you know, the Brocky laurels with H, Pro HQ and the other, on the other page has got one as well, State of Play. It's got the laurels. Yeah. So that's kind of a bit of a feature yeah. of it and, and, as the statesman Bill as well. Page 36, I think it's Clifford Hodes' car. It's got the Maltese cross featured all through it. Or is it the St. John's cross, whichever. It can be, you can, you can say whatever you want, but you see how it's got it all featured all the way around. There's a bit of a theme going through it. And, and uh, Mario Calario, however you say that, he's got the purple flame job Cola all through Leon. the page. Yeah. yeah, so he's given him that rock and roll, that kind of flame job all, all through his article. The golden ticket theme, obviously, on Adam ZC is pretty cool. But the one that caught my attention is page 56. It's the LJ with the uh, six-gun theme. See, it's called six-gun, but each of the actual arts has got a pistol, has got a, like a, a pistol that's not a wheel gun. So I think that's a, I think that is a bit of a tribute. They're saying, okay, it's an LJ, but it's got a, a, a different engine. It's got a Japanese engine, whereas a six-shooter obviously has the six bullets in it, but that's actually, the two guns in the actual artwork aren't six-shooters. Yeah, they're like the more modern version, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, so I kind of, I don't know whether, that, it's actually, it hasn't got the 18, it's got 186 number plates, but it's got a Jap, uh, what's that engine? It's a A, B, C, D, E, F, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, I think, <laughs> isn't it? Like, I don't follow the Japanese <laughs> engines, but it's got, I reckon that's pretty cool. So that's just my my take on the art in, in this month's mag, some of the art in this month's magazine. And nicely spotted too, just goes to show how much my eyes must be shut when I go through this magazine. I tell you, I just, yeah, we all know I'm only using one side of my brain, but I just don't even pick up on stuff. Like, I, I guess I'll, I see the whole page or the whole pages as a joined thing, and I find that I just miss the little details until you point them out to me. So I'm glad you do. You put me onto the artwork. Yeah, that's something that got me thinking about the artwork when you did mention. I actually dragged out some of the old magazines, and I was going to go through the whole thing and post it in Instagram and saying, hey, this is what I'm almost talking about, but I thought, fucking, they can figure it out. 
All right. Well, listen, guys, that wraps us up for episode 26 of the Thong Slappers. Gus, it's been fantastic to have you, mate. Listen, would you be interested in sticking around for episode 27 where we're going to crack on with some 2003? Is that up your alley sure. today? Yeah, mate. Yeah, no dramas. Fantastic. Don't want to go full Benny, but, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever wants to go full Benny. <laughs> All right, great. Listen, I'm just going to close this episode off with our usual thanks. First of all, thanks to you, Gus, for coming along and joining us with this. I know you're a very busy man. And uh, secondly, I bet you miss having those sleeps you used to have. Oh. Like a no a no child person. You were always having a nap. Oh, That's I me. I remember it clearly. Even when, uh, that is you, actually. Even though I'm a bit younger, I, kids used to have naps in the afternoon. They just don't do it anymore. So, you know, I'll, I'll, have, I'll come on every week if you want mate just so i can get rid of the little bastard i think you need you need you need to put some valium in there in their coffee the kids are in coffee don't i don't know (laughs) spilling fucking spill cordial up the fucking hallway and drop their spaghetti sandwiches all over the fire well we had kids here once it's fucking terrible and of course a special thanks as always the beautiful saint lucy the beautiful queen deb also simon telford from street machine magazine who just lets us prod and plunder this magazine as every month without really too much drama which is fantastic and also gus for joining us it's been great if you want to get in contact with us best way is by email thongslappers at optusnet.com.au or check us out on instagram at the thongslappers and uh, you can direct message us via that little triangle thing you get in the corner of the app gus what's the best way for people to follow and check you out uh all things bogan on facebook Stay yeah. at home block on Facebook and at stay Sorry, at home. Sorry, was that was that stay at home cock or stay at home bloke? It just the sound went a bit funny. Either or, um, but bloke, yeah, yeah, stay at home bloke. Gus at internal eels. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, mate, just keep it quiet, please, Jesus. You should never mail me fucking anything. Oh, no, nah, I'm sorry I gave him your phone number, Gus, too. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, so just to confirm before we just totally railroaded you and we're being fuckwits. So, yeah, <laughs> at Stay At Home Bloke on Instagram. Yep. Uh, all Things Bogan on Facebook. And, of course, we can catch you at uh, Carnage as well on the Carnage show. Yeah, exactly. So yes. Awesome stuff as well. So Excellente. Well, guys, I look forward to chatting to you both in episode 27. And, uh, yeah, it's been great. Have fun. Cheers. 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 All right, you ready to begin your training? Yeah, Sensei. What the? Lesson one. Strike first. Never wait for the enemy to attack. You could give me like a warning. Quiet! We do not train to be merciful here. Mercy is for the weak. Here, on the street, in competition, a man confronts you, he is the enemy. An enemy deserves no mercy. What is the problem, Mr. Diaz? No problem, Sensei. You, you punch me. I have asthma, so... Not anymore. We do not allow weakness in this dojo. So you can leave your asthma and your peanut allergies and all that other made-up bullshit outside. Is that understood? Yes, but those are real medical problems. I was... Uh, yes, Sensei, understood.